Hello out there from myself and Launch Left and happy Mental Health Awareness Month. This is a special episode where we have the opportunity to talk to a few artists about how music and the creative has helped them through uh, difficult times and mental health crises, which we all go through. Uh, today, we are joined by Haji, who is a founding member of Odd Future. He's a rapper, music video director, producer, and has a new uh, record probably coming in 2023 with a new name and, and all that stuff. Well, he really unpacked uh, some, some interesting conversation, and uh, I learned a lot. He's got a message, and I'm glad that we can share it with you here. Also, enjoy the other artists that are coming on after him. And don't forget to rate and subscribe. Follow us on all socials at Launch Left. Stay good to yourself every day. Say nice things to you. You deserve it. Have a great day. Hey, Haji. Nice to meet you. Welcome. I see that you might be in your home studio based on the baffling in the background. Yeah, I'm here. is that where you kind of live um i live here at night Uh daytime a lot of admin a lot of errands uh, a lot of things i do to keep saying um this however is my nightcap (laughs) i'd say Yeah. yeah do you do you feel that uh Speaking of keeping sane and this being Mental Health Awareness Month, that that what you do, your nightcap, you in the studio all night, is that a big part of also what keeps you sane? Uh, I feel like this, you know, recording definitely is a process of things that I work through. Uh, I have a journal, but I use this. I apply music. Um, I treat it as if it is, you know, uh, a blank piece of paper, you know, that uh, pretty much that, um, that white space that, that Neo goes into in the matrix. Um, I speak a lot of, you know, things into existence with music. Like I make, I leave traces for myself for the future and I listen back to it a couple of years you know, later, sometimes it's for that time. Like a lot of, a lot of times I don't even know what I'm talking about in my music. Yeah. I believe it is purely channeled Mm -hmm. if it isn't used um, as a release, a form of something that is going on in my life in the current day, or even not even my life, you know, something that someone I've seen, witnessed, heard, someone else's experience you know yeah i would i would say music isn't just personal it's also like uh it's also like imaginative it's playtime you know what i mean i can go inside my mind and pull things out that i never thought existed beautiful have you felt that the last few years have been especially um productive or that um in terms of sanity and inability to play live for example has that weighed on your uh mental health through the past few years or have you kind of dove deeper into music and found more solace there um 
you know, when it comes to performing and stuff like that, I could say that, yeah, that, that form of expression is definitely missed. But um, as you know, you as you know, or maybe you don't, but like as people hop into the normalcy of life, uh, the performing and the traveling all of the time in the past two, three years were replaced with something else. Mm. Um, whether it was good or bad, that happens by choice and sometimes naturally. I... I tapped into, you know, really finding myself, um, changing things that didn't work for me, and seeing what works now, you know, moving forward, releasing music, and, uh, you know, back to a stage pretty soon, foreseeable. And would you say that from you know, being a kid till now, that music has had a transformative effect on you and your life and your mental health? Definitely. I mean, I've been making music since I was six. I was, uh, you know, first I was in a choir at the age of four and I picked up rap at the age of six. Um, I'm 31. I've had it for 21, 25 years of my life. It is literally all that I know, transformative. Yeah, I, I remember, you know, one experience, uh, I was listening to G-Unit and Eminem when I was about 10 or 11 on a bus stop waiting for my bus to come. And, you know, my goal was to memorize all of their lyrics and rap it the same way that they did. And, um, I feel like that really had like a transformative effect or an impact on the way that I put words together and express myself today. What are you looking forward to, um, you know, in regards to your art or your creativity or music moving forward and how can we find you out in the, in the metaverse, so to speak? And in real life? Um, it's a good question. I would really like to create, you know, in the future, sacred places. Very clean. Less to little to no traffic. Um, put out the best music possible. You know? I'd, you know, tour, do spot dates. Just do something, you know, there's something that I feel in my body that I haven't got. There's a place um, that I feel I have yet to reach. And I don't know what the place looks like or what it will feel like. But, like, um, I look forward to that place. Like, it's kind of like a safe place. But, like, in real life, in my career, you know, I've taken years off to raise kids and, um, take care of my own mental health, you know, get sober, 
and there's still something lingering for me. And I need this, I need to answer to it. You know, I feel like we all have a calling here on earth, whether it is to be, you know, somebody who's here born, put on earth to be a servant. Somebody was here to, you know, relay a message. Somebody was here to be a teacher. Like somebody was here to save lives. And I believe a little bit of all of that is in all of us, you know. I think the one that really speaks the loudest is the one that we have to make a decision and answer to. So, and those roles can change, I feel like, throughout life, you know what I mean? So, you know, I'm, uh, I'm still in the message part of life where sending a message is more important than being a servant. If that makes sense. 100%. That was actually really articulate and eloquent. Thank you for uh, for that response. Uh, is there any way that, that you feel like you could get more support to do, to be able to share your message that isn't, hasn't been available? Is there like an, you know, an aspiration, something that would, um, I'm always curious, like, how do we get the support we need so that we can be who we're supposed to be in this lifetime? And a lot of times that does just take uh, affirming that, like you are, like knowing that you have a calling, like that right. in itself, a lot of people don't have that clear awareness, you know, and right. and and so that in itself is a kind of support for your mission. But mm -hmm. is there anything out external that could be of support to your mission that... Well, that I feel like... You know, to acknowledge your calling is important. But, like, nothing changes if nothing changes, right? So it's like what most people that I see in today's time that are very creative, very imaginative, you know, could be somebody today, what they lack is the action, the consistency, and the resources. Um, not saying that, you know, I have all three or I don't have any, but generally speaking, that is something that I notice goes unkept in like, the artist's, the artist's journey. Like we're here in a, a crazy time and space with music where the internet collides with our phones and music is so accessible. A lot of it I find mediocre. A lot of it I find, you know, it not aiding or aiming to help people, but it is Music today is very um, what is the word that I'm looking for? It's very narrow. Hmm. Uh, music today it's kind of like, and I get it because it's like you know the record labels 
own parts and pieces of Spotify and it's all, you know, everybody drops music on Thursdays and it's just like a flood. And I would definitely support the artists that is bringing in the most revenue streams, which, you know, it's math, you know, a power law. Like it's like, sometimes it is just what it is, but what is it in me? that I see, that I need to see through. What is it in another artist? You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, because a lot of music is just like, today it's, it does, it makes me think and it's hard for me to feel it. Mm. And it, you know, it's very trendy and it'll leave, nothing really stays. Like I think about, you know, music that I actually listen to and most of it is old, you know, yeah. 80s, yeah, 70s, 90s, early 2000. Mm-hmm. Like when people used to sell CDs is when the music industry was most lucrative. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the way of the world, not pointing fingers, don't touch it. But it's like, oh, I lost my train of thought. No, but I want to just uh, affirm what you said. I mean, that's what Launch Left, what we believe, and kind of why we talk to artists um, that are maybe lesser known and ask well-known artists to pitch them is like, how do we create the kind of lasting music that our heroes created? Because I always am looking back when I want to look for good music. Mm-hmm. You know, it's rare that there's a, a current thing, artist that I think will span the test of time. There are some. I'm not going to say there aren't, but it's just comparatively when I think of the even 50s, right? right. 40s, 30s, like everything, but <laughs> it's last like 20 years. And I, that's really, uh, what is the word where it's reductive? It's obviously there are artists that will span the test of time in the last 20 years, but... And maybe it's just my age that makes me look back, but I don't think so. It's interesting to hear from you as much younger age than Age has nothing to do with looking yeah. back. And there's okay. nothing wrong. You know, that is natural for a human to do. I mean, if we're driving, <laughs> we have rear view mirrors. Like, it's like, <laughs> right? you know, it's, it's just, it's the human experience, you know? And, I, you know, I'm not, I'm in a space where being accountable, being held accountable is like very important and to hold other people accountable. So shit, at one point I could say what I was doing for me at the time when I was releasing a lot of music and stuff was pure, but I feel like a lot of it was a part of the agenda. Mm. I feel like, Mm -hmm. you know, I was very unconscious, very young. My mind was still developing. I was on drugs. And I was definitely unclear, you know, it's, it's hard, you know, I'm going to skip subject, but go look back again on something that we were just speaking of is it's, it's it's hard because a lot of the world, like everyone, like the world is more stressed out, manic and depressed more than it's ever been. So like I picture like a person you know, don't get me wrong, because having a job is fun. There's nothing wrong with a nine to five. Like a person with a nine to five, your average Joe Smo, works at the grocery store or something like that or whatever. 
and lives check to check and still lives in the same fucking town that he grew up in since he was a kid and there's no way out for him and all his people and the people you know you are the people you the 10 people you surround yourself with so he gets fucked up on the weekends i'm not gonna want to listen to some spiritual fucking music if i was joe schmo sorry for cursing but like i'm gonna turn on you know i'm gonna turn on some like unconscious i don't have to think too hard music and that's a reason why i feel like today that shit wins Mm. like Mm -hmm. you know what i mean a lot of the world like we're we're sleeping as a community we're Mm -hmm. sleeping as people so Mm -hmm. i'm not here to save the fucking world either (laughs) i really not that's just not like you know that shit is out of my hands but like I do believe, like, moving forward, like, the music that is will be released by myself. Um, whoever listens to it, you know, hopefully it'll it'll give them some insight on their on themselves. Like, it's just really what I see. I mean, we think about people in the 50s and, like, these bands that, you know, people used to just, like, I forget that I was, I was watching um, a YouTube of, some black band, I forget the I forget what band it was, but it's like two black guys had like they were both playing they had both had guitars in their hands and they're singing and it's just like damn like where did the time like the time went? Like people invested so much time into their craft in the past. It was so much harder. My name is Haji. Um I'm changing my stage name to Jerry. So when new music is out, I would be going under that name. Okay. Um, You know, yeah, I have an album that is finished and I'm working on another one. So when do you think we're going to get to hear it? Uh, The album that I just finished will be released sometime this year. My team and I are navigating what it is that needs to happen so it'll be heard or treated respectfully and in the right space. Hi, Zach from PUP. Welcome to Launch Left. It's nice to see you. Thanks for having me. How have you been faring this month? Uh, It's been wild. We've been like, uh, it's our first tour back in two years for obvious reasons. and it's it's interesting trying to get back into it, uh, try to find the routine that we had before, um, and just like you know trying to to navigate the world of touring. So it's it's been up and down, but I, th- I think generally good. Good. And uh, has live performance? Do you feel like live performance is a source of joy and uh, and goodness, or does it? Is it more difficult when you're touring to find mental health pockets, so to speak? Um, I I think it's like I mean I can only speak for myself, but I feel like a lot of a lot of artists and uh, musicians have have ups and downs, and it's when it's such a like a passion driven thing. Um, the highs are I mean it's cliche, but the highs are dizzyingly high, and the lows can be uh, equally low. So. Yeah, when it's um, 
when when rest and um, you know good like nutritious eating or a hot commodity it uh, it can be hard um, but it can be easily evened out by a good show um, and that you know that makes you remember why it's all worthwhile yeah and did the making like when you make a record or you're in the studio is that a source of um like calming and does that help with any mental health things uh that you felt as the i you know music does that heal some of that is that a kind of therapy for you i think the um the outcome is often the most healing part just seeing something finished and you feel edified that your ideas came to fruition um but the the four of us as a band are extremely uh i would use the term uh, anal retentive uh very obsessive um and that can be a huge source of stress as a lot of people with those tendencies know um but it's you know trying to keep your eye on the fact that you're doing this you're doing like a you're doing something you cherish with your friends and that, uh, you know, that can balance it out. But it, there again, it's like, it's like touring. It's like something you love so much. It can be very, very uh, rewarding. And then when the lows happen, they can be extremely low. Is there any advice that you would offer other emerging bands or bands that are um, coming up and younger than you all um, for how, best to balance mental health and touring and record making and friend groups and all that? That's <laughs> yeah, a big <I'm>, question. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is something I've been thinking about a lot, especially over the tour. I, I think it's a great question because it's like, I think it is uh, it's part and parcel of being a human being more generally. Uh, and it's, you know, authenticity and intentionality. I think those are like the big, the big things. And I think a lot of people, they, especially artists, tend to sacrifice themselves uh, and especially those parts of themselves uh, in order to, you know, make it ahead. And that's that's the only thing I would really say is like, as long as you're aligned with your values and you're you're being authentic and you're being intentional, I think those are the big things that saves you in many ways. Um, and just be, you know, know when to say no because you need rest. Because I think like a lot of younger bands, and we did this, is we we spent a lot of a lot of time, um, you know, breaking our backs trying to like get into it, which is what has to happen. It's it's a very competitive industry, um, but you can also you know take time to try to to heal yourself, get some rest, and I think that's a, a big thing. Wow. So much great advice in there. I don't know if you saw how big my smile was the whole time, but I think like you touched on something so uh, powerful, and that is intentionality and authenticity in this, and that that that's often the first thing to go when you're striving, and all the uh, all the indicators, all the uh, you know, are saying just get there and forsake whatever you need to get there kind of thing. But yep. when you forsake authenticity and intention, you literally, it's like a, it becomes a soulless act. It's like you've taken your, your heart and soul out of it and you're just like, put me wherever's going to make me shine. And that's not how it works. Right. But it is such a temptation because there is no support for intentionality and authenticity. The support is there for success and, and, and competition. 
Yeah. So it takes a lot. Yeah, and it's like it pays uh, reverse dividends. The less you're authentic to yourself, you're the uh, you know it's like an inverse relationship. The more uh, punishing yeah. uh, the the future can be. How can we find Pup on the interwebs and on socials? Uh, we're on um, we're on Instagram and Twitter. Pup the band, but that's our handle on both. And I think TikTok it's the same, but we're you know we're a little older, so our TikTok isn't quite as cool as. Uh, some of the kids right now um but it's all pop the band it should be across the board to pop the band fantastic well thank you so much for sharing your advice and your music with the world and um we hope you have a great tour and a great rest of this month and the year to come great thank you very much it's it's an honor have a wonderful day well hello taya and welcome to launch left podcast carol's daughter carol's daughter carol's daughter so amazing what you've been accomplishing at such a young age and um uh, reading a little bit about your story coming from such a large family uh all the struggles that that may or may not have it seems like and and would i be correct in assuming um, that music has been a kind of uh, a healing space for you. Absolutely, yes. Um, I think music was always like a huge part of my life, even when I was still, um, you know, practicing like Mormonism. And when I was a lot younger, it was just like all my siblings were pretty musically inclined. And it was just something that brought us together as a family. But then, you know, getting older and then having it be such an outlet for me. Like I never knew it could be so um, like rewarding. Yeah. And do you feel that it has been uh, helpful with mental health concerns that you've had or mental health, you know, crises that, you know, we all go through at times has, has music been helpful for those? I think music was like at my worst times, it was what made me feel better. And at my best times, it was just like what, um, was driving me. So I think it can go like either way. And, um, just like, I don't know, um, being able to like put all of those crazy thoughts into a song and then having people like be like, Oh, that's so funny. And I'm like, is it funny? <laughs> like, please put me in a medically induced coma. Like, is that funny? But you know, it's like how I actually felt. And like, um, it's cool to look back now and, and realize that like, I don't feel that way anymore, but it's important for me to, um, you know, release those songs and still, and still talk about them because I know that there's other people that still feel that way. And do you feel that live performance is one of the ways that you can kind of share that experience of how it's helped you with others in a really tactile way and Yeah, I love that, um, you know, people that have never heard of me will see me live. And then like after the show, they'll come up to me and they'll be like, wow, just like your lyrics resonated with me. Your lyrics just like, do we have the same life? And it's like, I've felt that way with artists before. um, And I know that feeling so well. So the feeling so so knowing that someone else could feel that towards my music is like really, really special. And I think you touched upon this at the beginning of our conversation, but uh I want to ask formally, how did music find you uh, as a child? Um, I would say that like, well, 
in the um, Mormon church, like there's a, almost an entire hour where you sing a lot, like, you know, you're, it's like worshiping songs, but um, I always just like, that was my favorite. Well, that was the only part of church that I liked. Um, And so that was always like special to me. And then um, my sister, my older sister plays guitar and she would write her own songs. Um, A couple of my brothers play piano. Um, and so as a, as a kid, it would just be like this bonding activity. Like we, my brother would, um, kind of just freestyle on the piano and we would give each other like a theme, like, okay, this is going to be a jazzy song. And then we would just kind of like improv and like do a little, like just making up lyrics on the spot. And like, I didn't know how really fun that was until like, or how like kind of impressive it was that we were doing that, um, until later, you know, and he was just like freestyling on the piano. I was like, oh, and this is going to be a musical theater one. And so that was honestly like the start of me, like, you know, understanding different genres and understanding like how, how they all work and like being really interested in, in breaking it down and figuring it out like for myself. So, yeah. Could you see yourself having a family band ever or, or including your siblings in something you do musically uh, publicly? That was like something we joked about. We always saw it on like America's Got Talent, like a family band, but <laughs> we never really did that. We did small things like we'd play in church together or, um, you know, at like a family reunion or just something like that. We do small little performances, but I was always um, kind of a little attention whore. And so I wanted all the attention for myself. I wasn't going to I wasn't going to let my siblings take all the all the shine. But um yeah. <laughs> Are there, um, is there anything that you'd like to share with our watchers and listeners who might be struggling um, from a mental health crisis or, or feeling lonely or um, left out in some way? And uh, is there something that, that has worked for you in those moments where you weren't feeling yourself um, that you would share? Um. I know this may be like not a controversial opinion or whatever, but I think that honestly, the it's like it's a choice. Like I know that there's a lot of things that aren't our choice and like, you know, chemical imbalances are not our choice. None of um, no mental health struggle is like entirely um, just like you have a choice to, to feel better. Like, and I hate saying that because it's like, that's the worst thing that that's like the last thing that you want to hear when you're like in that space. But for me, the only thing that ever helped me was, was just literally being like, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to waste my time feeling shitty anymore. I'm not going to waste my time feeling insecure and not telling people what I think and not standing up for myself and not being genuinely who I am because life is so short that you just, you just can't waste time doing that. And, and I, it's like a process and you have to kind of train yourself, but honestly, my best advice is kind of like fake it till you make it because that really does work in, in the weirdest of ways. It, it really does, especially with like confidence. And, and that's something that I've like, that's like the, the one thing that I've really got down is like, I used to be so insecure. I used to really, really despise myself. And just one day I was like, no, I'm not doing this anymore. And I, it truly was like almost night and day, like just deciding. Wow, that's a huge personal transformation and one that you did just by virtue of, you know, your perspective, like choosing to mm-hmm. perceive differently. I will not. Because nobody else can do it for you. Like, yeah. Nobody else can can tell like tell you you're beautiful enough to make you believe it. Nobody else can 
can make you believe in yourself. It's truly just like you have to decide one day if you're going to try or if you're going to give up because there's only two options. Like literally I have something on my chest that I tattooed on myself when I was really young that says, what is there to do, but go on. And I think that message is like, for lack of a better word, it's just like, Oh, either you have, either you're, either you can go on and you can keep trying or we know what happens. So it's like, there's only two options, you know, which one you're going to, you have to choose. And it's just like, you just, what is there to do, but just keep on going. Wow. That's really inspiring to me. So thank you. Uh, I, yeah, it's like how, how you walk through, it's up to us how we walk through the fire, how we dance through the joy. That's our decision. Mm-hmm. You know, um, obviously, like you said before, when we're dealing with clinical depression or things that are out of our control, that is a different story. Some things require outside help. But it, uh, what I think you're talking about is this inborn um, knowing this, mm-hmm. this truth about each of us, which is inborn and does exist in all of us, that we can be, you know, uh, confident and we can do the, the things that we believe in without feeling insecure if we choose yes. to do that. And that's mm-hmm. really powerful and a really powerful message. Thank you so much. All I want to know now is how do we find you on the internet and social media? Tell us how to find you. Um, Carol's daughter on everything, but it's with um, an E at the end of Carol because that is how my mother's name is spelled. Because there is a hair care brand called Carol's daughter without the E, so it can get a little okay. confusing. But yes, Carol's daughter on everything. I have lots of new music coming out. My EP just came out, so yeah. Thank you for having yeah. me. Thank you so much for being here. Have a great tour. So hi, Mickey Ratsula. Thank you for talking to us. Welcome to Launch Left and our special uh, episode on Mental Health Awareness Month. I would love for you to recount exactly what you just said to me when, when we first hopped on. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. So we were supposed to chat an hour ago. Um, but right before we left to the venue here in Toronto, um, you know, we just pulled up to the Airbnb, got ready for the show and then half the team tested positive for COVID. Um, so that kind of sent us into a panic of where do we go now? So now, me and the other half are on our way back to New Jersey right now, even though we just got to Canada because um, I tested negative. So I'm fine. Um, but it's been crazy. So I wasn't able to hop on at 430 and I was so flustered. I didn't even realize what time it was. Uh, I'm so grateful that you came at all to the, because that is a that is a huge switch o change to your. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. That's not what you planned on doing tonight. Now you're getting back in the car and driving all the way back. Yeah, basically. That's basically it. And then trying to coordinate which shows I can make it to and, you know, making sure I test negative. And um, it's a lot. But no, I'm uh, I'm excited to uh, at least kind of know the plan a little more now. Yeah. How has um, your and your crew's mental health been during this tour so far? Um, I feel like uh, the last couple days kind of all hit us. I think at the same time, we all realize like, you know, how exhausting this tour actually is. And, you know, I feel like uh, we have like really, really high highs and then some pretty low lows. Um, you know, being on stage and performing is, is incredible. Meeting everybody is incredible. And then, you know, we sit in the car for 10 hours or we go sleep for two hours. So I think we all kind of hit a little bit of a, a point the other day where we all were kind of like, you could tell we were all a little bit on edge. Um, but then we had a day off, which was nice. And then this happened. So it was a little bit like 
dang, right as we felt rested and ready to go again, we, you know, kind of got thrown under the bus. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, things happen. We can't do anything about it. We just need to, you know, stay safe and take care of ourselves. And it's frustrating. And as, as artists, like, you know, the fact that the pandemic is still affecting our ability to perform live, um, you know, is unfortunate. But, you know, um, it could be a lot worse. So, you know, we take the couple of days it takes. We move on, you know, and we'll put on a great show afterwards. Do you feel that, you know, during that uh, very insular time for everyone, these three, two years, I guess, of not uh, certainly as artists being able to share with an audience mm-hmm. outside of social media, um, did that take a toll on your mental health or did you find positive insights? And um, It was kind of both for me. Um, you know, I felt like I had a lot of positive insight because I was able to work on my personal relationship with my mental health and um, I put out my debut album that talks a lot about mental health. Um, and then, you know, I developed, you know, my, a lot of my anxiety did get a lot worse. My dissociative anxiety got worse. Um, playing on stage was super exciting again, but it was also very overwhelming because now all of a sudden you're playing in front of hundreds of people again. Um, so, you know, I kind of experienced both sides of that all at once. Yeah, and I imagine it's it was especially at times um, overwhelming because I know that you have been really um, sharing, you know, sharing all the the dips and valleys that you've had personally um, mm-hmm. with your fans on social media, um, and mm-hmm. you do, and because of that, then to see to meet some of them in re- in real life and. I'm sure it was probably a mixture of both, and you'll have to tell me if I'm right or wrong, of elation, excitement, and also nerve-wracking, because there is such a difference between the distance we have on social media to still be in our own space and feeling safer than out in the world. Or is it for you uh, more nourishing to be around people who share um, your experience publicly it's definitely it's definitely more and i think the the really sweet part about it is that like when i meet people after the shows or whatever and you know they explain to me how much my music has helped them or you know just my visibility has helped them and they've related um i feel like they don't realize how much that actually helps me to hear that someone else is feeling what i was feeling and so i I like to tell them a lot of times it's like you know like you saying that makes me feel like makes me know someone else feels it too so it goes um, it's like this cool little feeling of where everyone realizes how connected we all actually are. Mm. Wow, beautiful. And would you say that music and the creative art for you are a very transformative part of uh, your life and that it is a, a, an avenue by which to um, help mental health crises for you? Um, yeah, um, and especially in this debut album I put out was very much, um, you know, it gave me a space to grieve and the process and learn and um, it was just like an outlet for me um, just to, you know, I went through a lot of stuff over the past couple of years. And so it was like a place to put all that um, into words and to help me process it and, and hopefully help other people process stuff. Um, so yeah, absolutely. Right on. Well, uh, is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience or your audience before we ask you how we can find you on the interwebs and all that? No, I think, I think that's it. I think that's like just nailed it all, you know? All right. Awesome. Well then how can we find you on social media and, uh, web and all that? 
you can find me. Uh, I'm just like, I think like the only Mickey Ratsula to exist out there. So it's pretty easy to find me as long as you know how to spell my name. Um, I'm, I think on like literally every platform you can think of. Um, and how do point. you spell your name? Uh, M-I-K-I is my first name. And then my last name is Ratsula, R-A-T-S-U-L-A. Perfect. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us at such a difficult time in your tour. Thank you so much. No, I appreciate it. Launch Left aims to create an intentional space that highlights and empowers all artists for whom radical creativity is not a choice, but a necessity. Launch Left begins with music, but its ultimate aim is to launch left-of-center artists in all creative fields. 